0: Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Counterbreaker Podcast, I'm your host, NBA Disco Militia. Now, fans of time might have noticed that this episode is actually two weeks early, that's because I've decided to make the podcast fortnightly, given season 3 is so close and there's so much to talk about. Now before we begin, the reception to episode 1 has been amazing. I'm genuinely ecstatic at how well it's been received by the community and I'll be taking your ideas, feedback and suggestions on board over the forthcoming weeks. Now I'm not one to fanboy out much, but getting the support of so many top players and in particular D. James Goddard was huge for me. The KI community is the best. I'm genuinely so grateful for all the help and support you guys have shown to the podcast and I can't thank everyone who listened, shared and subscribed enough. So as the title suggests, this episode is called Happy Birthday. Over the next half an hour or so, we're going to look at dealing with character changes, buffs and nerfs, and how to go about adapting to them. Especially important given Season 3 is right around the corner. But first, the news. So we'll start off with the big one. We have a release date! Season 3 will hit Xbox One and Windows 10 on March 29th. If you own the game on Xbox One, your PC version is free and the game will have full cross-play support too. I am so excited for this. It has the potential to get KI out to literally millions of new potential players that have been put off by having to have an Xbox One. So Season 3 launches with four new characters, Kim Wu, the freshly revealed Tusk, Rash and Arbiter. At the Microsoft Spring event, Iron Galaxy finally showed off both Arbiter and Tusk, giving players and journalists some time with the characters. So Arbiter's an interesting character, heavily calling back to Halo, both with his custom HUD and control scheme. The attention to detail is pretty astounding, even keeping a control scheme similar to Halo 5 for both grenades and carbine shots. He has excellent range normals, a parry, overshield, and even an invisible command grab. While he may seem lacking in lows and defensive options, he appears to be a space-controlling, reset-heavy lockdown character, and a scary one at that. Tusk, on the other hand, is both huge and daunting, with scary reach and imposing damage potential. Keats described him as a bully character, and it's easy to see why. Now his medium and heavy punches can't be cancelled, but they do have a short window where if an opponent's attack hits, it'll be completely deflected, allowing your attack to win out. Moves-wise, he looks like he's kept many of his toys from KI Gold, so should you have maimed him back in the day, you shouldn't have too many issues come launch. In other Season 3 news, it's been confirmed that every single Season 1 and 2 stage has been extensively relit and enhanced, giving the game a serious level of polish. The stages shown so far have looked gorgeous. Conrad's stage in particular looks a million times better than its Season 2 version. On the subject of stages, Iron Galaxy have stated that Season 3 will only come with three new ones Arbiter's Halo themed stage, Kim Wu's Alley, and Toss's Icy Tundra. I'm not entirely surprised at this given the team reworked everything from the earlier seasons, and they were looking at pushing resources into new features and modes, so it'll be something to look out for when Season 3 drops. On the competitive front, two tournaments took place this weekend. Manchester Battle Arena hosted Killer Instinct at Arcade Club in Berry, and Winter Brawl 10 took place in Pennsylvania. At the NBA event, CVE Smash took first place, NBA Bane Mobius took second, and I placed third. The event had some incredible matches, and the Nottingham KI group Robin Hood's had a really solid showing, with an incredibly varied character selection to boot. They're running everything from riptors to to Hisakos. CVE Smash is definitely the man to beat so far this year, having topped every tournament with his Khan Ra, and will definitely be a favorite to take Hype Spotting in April. Winter Brawl featured some incredible talent, eventually being won out by UA Bass and his fearsome spinal. The grand finals were a dramatic affair with Nikki NS resetting the bracket, but eventually losing 3-2. Definitely check the set out on YouTube when you get the chance, as it was an incredibly intense fight. As a final news item this episode, Turbo Tuesdays, the Fife fighting game community, have started a GoFundMe campaign to help maintain their operations and help their scene grow. I'm a big fan of what they do and how much they've supported Killer Instinct. They currently run weekly sessions and monthly tournaments as well as hosting a hype spotting qualifier recently. You can find out other details on Turbo Tuesday's Facebook page and I'll add a link to the description, but if you can, try and help the guys out. So with season three literally being weeks away, I felt it was a good time as any to address surviving and thriving in the changed landscape that season three and its lengthy system changes have brought. I know how it feels to know your character and the game inside out. Working hard on setups, frame traps and matchup knowledge, only to have the character change drastically because of nerfs. Believe me when I say this though, with a little elbow grease you can be playing the optimal version of your character in no time. Well first let's address negative attitudes. It can be pretty easy to say that a nerf or buff is too extreme just by looking at it on paper. Hold out on raging for a moment though. And remember, these aren't nerfs in the context of Season 2. These are nerfs in Season 3. What might seem like a huge change in a game without the flip-out and stagger mechanics might genuinely not amount to a huge downgrade when you factor in how the game has changed this season. It's in the application that you really find out how the change truly affects your game plan, and it's within the context of a fully rebalanced cast that you truly see if a nerf really changes anything. Since Season 1, I've put 90% of my time into Wolf, very rarely dipping my toes into other characters on the roster competitively, although I have recently bit the bullet and swallowed my pride by learning Shadow Jago, mainly to have an edge in certain difficult matchups. I've seen Wolf go from mid-tier to top-tier and right back because of patches, and at this very moment, I'm getting to play him how I would consider optimally. Alas, this changes as soon as Season 3 drops, And I'll be back to the drawing board, learning a character I've been playing since 2013 from scratch. Personally, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's capable of, given his new tools, as well as the new staggering flip-out mechanics being added to the game. So how do I approach learning my main from scratch? Well, I usually start by hitting up training mode, patch notes by my side. Dull, I know. I won't lie to you, frame data is something that doesn't really excite me. I have enough understanding of it to know how important it is to the game, but I try and withhold my judgments on how big an issue frame data changes are until I have the new version in my hands and I can experience how the move feels since it's been patched. So in training mode, I'd likely begin with the character's new and changed moves and tools, because who doesn't get just a little bit excited for new things? I'd set the dummy to stand, not blocking at first, and just try landing the move, seeing what will confirm from it, if anything, and make some mental notes on damage, speed, and what I perceive at the time, usefulness. Now after that, I'd set the dummy to block, seeing how safe the move is. Graduating from that, I'd then program the dummy to do a jab after the move is blocked, just to see exactly how punishable it is, so I can better weigh up the risk and reward of the move. I tried the move against the jumping dummy to see anti-air potential, and I'd repeat this with every new or change move until I'd work through them all, before moving onto the crouch dummy, repeating the process over and over, basically until I've wore out all of the potential situations that I can hit my opponent. Once I'm comfortable with the character's new features and buffed and nerfed moves, it's time to dust off the Season 2 playbook and try out all my reliable setups, tech and combos to see if they work and if they're still valid post-patch. Remember, if any of your old stuff doesn't work, it might just need reworking to fit within the Season 3 world. So make a note of what doesn't play out right and what does, so you can go back to it later and work out how the execution and timing have changed. Now, with character and system changes, occasionally your tech will become obsolete. For example, your sweet spinal counterbreaker searing skull setup will now not ever work again due to the breaker changes. It's time to admit defeat there and work on what you can do now from a counterbreaker. You might want to look at your character and see if he has a setup that works at the new counterbreaker distance. For example, teleporting straight away into Spinal's overhead would work as a super basic option. Use the opportunity to get out of your old habits and get creative. Old setups are great, but new ones are even better for forcing your opponent out of their comfort zone. I also think it's incredibly important to actually rethink what your character is all about. Saberwolf was originally a big damage rushdown character. Now in Season 3, he looks more like he's a rushdown reset character with quite average damage. This means some critical changes will be needed when I use him in Season 3. I can't rely on 50% damage combos, meter will be way more important for adding damage, and the fights are likely to last longer given his nerf damage output. I'm going to have to focus on reset play as opposed to instant damage and this requires me to play smarter and use every one of his tools to keep my opponent mixed up as opposed to waiting for an opportunity, cashing out and enjoying some serious damage. Now understanding your character's archetype and role within the roster really helps you to focus on your character's new strengths and weaknesses so definitely bear that in mind when you begin to play. So you've tried out your new toys, you've looked into your old tech setups and combos and looked at how you should be playing your character. Well what's next? Optimization. So does your character have a flip out move? It's time to focus on what your character can actually get out of it. Maybe you have stagger and you need to spend a good while looking at the applications of it so you won't spend time in your early games guessing as to whether your new combo idea will work. Could you tag a flip out onto the end of an existing combo? And if you can, what mix-ups can you get out of it? If you do your experimenting in training mode, you won't make mistakes when it counts in-game. Remembering which combos no longer work and filling the void with new tech will stop you going into autopilot when you start a match, dropping things because you're still using old and obsolete tech. So once all this is out the way, then the real grind begins. You're going to be playing online or casuals, learning your character matchups again. Now, this is the longest and most time-consuming part, but it can be the most fun given you at least get to play matches. It also gives you a good chance to try and utilise the new tech that you've been honing in training mode. Don't drop your head if you lose. Take a mental note of what blew you up and look at how you can adapt to it. It's going to be a learning curve for everyone for the first few months. Look at your opponent's new moves, possibly changes to their shadow moves, breaker patterns, and different strategies emerging. Every character is gonna feel pretty different to play against, and you might struggle in matchups that you felt you owned during season two. But if you apply yourself, pay attention, and utilize training mode, you'll be back to your best in no time. So on the competitive front, there are a few big tournaments to add to your calendar. Legacy of Minds are hosting Killer Instinct on March 12th and 13th at Keep It Classy 7 at Croydon Conference Centre. This is going to be a huge event and I highly recommend attending as this is the final Road to Hype event. Speaking of Hype Spotting, Hype Spotting 5 is coming up soon on April 2nd and 3rd at Glasgow Hilton. This is the big one. It's the UK's biggest fighting game tournament. I can't stress how excited I am for this having qualified last month. You can expect the cream of the UK's KI scene to bring out everything they have as this is the final KI Season 2 tournament. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Counterbreaker podcast. I'll be back in two weeks with a new episode featuring all the latest news, more discussion, and a special guest interview. I'm incredibly excited to announce that Omega Sparks, the vocalist on Back to Rise, TJ Combo's theme, will be appearing on the podcast to discuss KI, gaming and his new album game breakers 2 so a big thank you to everyone who's listened subscribed and told friends about the podcast don't forget you can get in touch with your thoughts either via my xbox live which is disco militia or at disco militia on twitter if you like what you hear drop a like on soundcloud and subscribe review and rate on itunes as it helps me out a bunch so until next time i'm afraid your path ends here for uh-huh. <laughs>